Welcome back to Charlotte Mason Motherhood, the podcast that helps the everyday mother learn a practical application of the Charlotte Mason method. Today we are talking about children, both your children, children all over the country, all over the world, children of the past and the present, children of the future. Charlotte Mason believed that children were not just born a blank slate or clay to be molded. And I confess that at one time, I was guilty of believing so. Many years ago, Charlotte Mason wrote a set of 20 principles. Today, we're only discussing the first principle, but it's one that's very important and sort of a baseline for how we teach our children at home. Mason's first principle is children are born persons. What she means by this is that children are born a mysterious living thing. They aren't just a simple oyster that you must feed and take care of. They have thoughts, feelings, characteristics, and each person is a total mystery. We cannot explain him or her, but rather accept them for who they are. If you have multiple children, you've experienced this because it's likely that although your children have the same exact set of parents, guidelines, atmosphere, but they are not completely alike. Each one is a unique individual. This is what Charlotte Mason is trying to communicate to us. It may seem like an obvious idea, but in the early 20th century, when Mason suggested that children are born persons, it was a revolutionary idea. She writes in her article titled Children Are Born Persons, written in 1911, What we call science is too much with us. We must either reverence or despise children, and while we regard them as incomplete and undeveloped beings who will one day arrive at the completeness of man, rather than as weak and ignorant persons, whose ignorance we must inform and whose weakness we must support, but whose potentialities are as great as our own. We cannot do otherwise than despise children, however kindly or tenderly we commit the offense. In Mason's day, the attitude towards children was much different than it is now. Tailoring education to the child's personality or ability was not normal. In that same article, she also states, We believe that the first article of our PNEU educational creed, Children Are Born Persons, is of a revolutionary character. For what is a revolution but a complete reversal of attitude? And by the time, say in another decade or two, that we've taken in this single idea, we shall find that we have turned around, reversed our attitude towards children, not only in a few particulars, but completely. I think just the fact that so many of us are wanting to educate our children in a Charlotte Mason way, it kind of speaks to what she's saying here. And I believe that there are many parents out there that want to teach and think of their child as a whole person. The idea of children being born persons isn't just found in Mason's writing. The Bible itself confirms this belief in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. 
As Christians, this idea of children being born persons, of us being persons that our creator made, it's a comfort we hold on to. The Lord sees the future life of a child and the days formed for him, as it says in Psalm 139. So now we've talked about the philosophy section of this principle, and we're going to move into the application because even though I'm sitting here explaining to you that a child is a person with feelings and thoughts, we still need to talk about how this looks in our own homes. What does this principle, children are born persons, have to do with our parenting or our homeschool? How can we make sure we're treating and teaching our children like born persons? So children are born persons, but that doesn't mean that we throw caution to the wind and say, well, that's just how little Johnny was made. They are persons, but they aren't developed beings with a strong sense of right and wrong. And that is our work as mother teachers is to develop their character virtue to minister and disciple to their hearts and minds, and that is arguably the real goal of an education. Children also possess a natural motivation and curiosity with the desire to know. We as educators can draw on that natural desire when it comes to teaching our children at home or training their habits or character. We don't have to trick them or scare them into behaving or performing well. Which brings me to my next point, an albeit controversial point. (laughs) We cannot bribe our children. Bribery disrespects their personhood. By bribing them to behave or eat their vegetables or get good grades, we are not teaching them their duty to learn how to do right because it's right. Mason brings up the Bible verse in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, when she talks about this. And she says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It doesn't say, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, because mom or dad will take your toy away. We are doing a disservice to our children if we motivate them through only extrinsic motivation, or, I mean, you could call it manipulation. Instead, we need to draw upon their natural curiosity and that duty and sense of doing right for the sake of doing right. They can do it and they are capable. The fourth point I want to bring up is that our children are capable of thought. This applies to lesson time specifically, and it's so tempting to over-explain what we read to our children in their lessons during a geography lesson, if they don't seem, that light bulb doesn't seem to be coming on, we might be tempted to explain it or kind of, you know, find meaning for them. But if we are appealing to them as a person, Mason really wants us to lay the feast, read them the material, and let them take from it what they will. The next thing I want to bring up is when you're talking to your children, just talk to them like people. When I was a young mother, I would refer to myself as mommy to my kids and I would say things like, mommy needs to go, you know, take a bath or mommy needs to do the dishes. But I found that it sounded kind of silly because that's not how I talk to my husband or any other person that I know. So I started just saying I. 
saying, I need to go do the dishes. I will play with you in just a little bit, or I will read to you in just a minute. Let me finish, you know, putting away the toys. Um, And I also tried really hard not to do baby talk with them, but rather just communicate with them like real humans. I feel like it did contribute a lot to their vocabulary skills in the early years. I remember having to refrain myself from using phrases like, let's use our quiet voices. I was a teacher prior to being a mom and a homeschool mother, and so we used to use all kinds of language like that in our classroom. Put on your listening ears. Because at the end of the day, I wouldn't talk to my husband that way or my, my grandma or whomever, so I don't need to talk to my kids that way. I just talk to them like they're people and like I care about them. And that's enough. Lastly, it is important that we consider ourselves the guide, philosopher, and friend. And it truly is possible to be a friend and a parent to your child. You can talk to them about their feelings, desires, whatever's on their mind, things that might be bothering them. A good way to do this is to offer some sort of snack or food and just sit down and be together. Um, You'd be surprised at what your young children say to you when you take the time to sit and chat with them. Make sure that you aren't so caught up in your day-to-day tasks that you forget to look your child in the eyes, to tell them that you cherish them, and how happy you are that God gave you them as your child's. Statements like this can be so affirming and powerful. Something I started a few years ago is just a morning affirmation. And it's not one of those empowering things where I say, you are capable, you are wonderful, all of that stuff. It's more of a, I'm so thankful that God gave me you, or God created you to be so generous, or the Lord gave you such a kind heart. And I kind of credit our creator, but also build them up because our children need to hear how much we love them and how thankful we are and how much we cherish them. And I'm definitely guilty of this, just kind of living day to day, doing my best to get through our schedule and forgetting to just stop and take a breath and look into their eyes. But it really does make such a difference. So I hope that this episode today was helpful for you on learning about what a child is and what it means for your child to be a real whole person when they're born. As we discussed in the very beginning, every child is unique. That's what makes them them. You are not like anyone else on the planet. And so that goes the same. That's the same for your child. They are not someone that needs to be molded manipulated into things, but rather a human with feelings and a human that's capable of love and thought. And most importantly, a human that needs training and guidance from the person that has their best interest at heart, their own mother, their own father, their family. And it's our duty as the educator and the mother to train them and help strengthen their will and their ability to have character and virtue. I just hope today that you feel encouraged to mother and teach your children in a way that is life-giving to them and to you.
In the next few episodes, we will continue to discuss a few of Charlotte Mason's most important principles. She has 20, but I'm only going to cover the ones that I feel like are the most encompassing for her philosophy. And then later on, we'll start talking about all of the good stuff with the early years and what a Charlotte Mason education looks like in a home day to day. One of the hallmarks of a Charlotte Mason education is narration, the act of knowing and telling back. At the end of each episode, I ask that you either write down or tell a friend, your mom, your husband, whomever, about what you learned from today's podcast. You can also share on Instagram and tag me so I can read your narration. It is my hope and prayer that whatever you gathered from today's episode blesses you and your family. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.